Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. We are seeing a tremendous amount of volatility. Which is actually it's not new to me. I know it's not it's new to a lot of people. What what's amazing is how many indexes are actually back to where they were a little over two years ago um, because of the correction that started in the fall of two thousand twenty one. And uh it's kind of been chopping its way down. We had a big rally and then turned right around and took out the lows of that rally that uh that one ended in June. And this typically is the toughest time of year for the stock market. But, um, hey, you know, things could be worse. <laughs> but uh, probably just uh, jinxed everybody with that saying. But just just kidding. Realistically, economy is very strong. It, it is. Given all the things that are going wrong, I'm just, I'm still flabbergasted that it's as strong as it is. And that portends very well for the future. When you get some of these things back on track, you get the supply chains to open up a little bit. Maybe the stuff calms down in the the war front in Europe. Uh, Gas and oil prices start to stabilize. And we could be off to the races. So it's got to be careful in the meantime. And when I say be careful, what I'm talking about is the amount of money that you have in fixed income with that that's a, a frequent topic on this show as it should be. Uh, it should be a frequent topic in everybody's personal financial lives. How much money do we have in stuff that's relatively safe? How much money do we have in the stock market? Um, a lot of people like to diversify into personal real estate and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of people don't, but the, the biggest for the vast majority of people who invest in a 401k plan 
uh, have a lot of money in the stock market, that the biggest um, variable or the variable that's going to have the most impact on your retirement planning and ability to accumulate funds is going to be the percentage that you have invested in stock versus what you have in something safe and fixed income. And a fixed income could be a lot of things. Could be I have a chunk of mine in a fixed indexed annuity. Uh, I know what the worst case scenario is going to be, which is why I bought that. I've got money in uh, short-term CDs. And I've got most of my money is actually in the stock market. It's in a diversified portfolio. And I'm not going to have to touch that money for you know 12 years or longer. Uh, so I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, it fluctuates, so what? You know, that's basically what stocks do. They they fluctuate a lot. Eventually, they go higher sooner or later, and uh, they they have a tendency, or the better stocks have a tendency to outpace inflation uh, and keep ahead of it. Not always. It's and that that's one of the things that I think you have to get used to when you're going to be an investor and you're you're trying to make projections out into the future. You have to project something, and it's hard to uh, get the exact numbers down. In fact, I don't know anybody that can. So do you want to be conservative on your projections going forward? I think that's probably a pretty decent idea. Uh, if you'd like to see what that may look like for you, you can always give us a call. And I've, I only need very little information, by the way. You don't need a ton of information to do some projections, basic projections. And going further than that is fine, but that's not necessary. And the things that you need to know, if you're going to do a, a decent job projecting what you might be able to expect to generate from your savings when you get ready to retire, you have to know how much money you have now. And if you don't know that, then that that's a problem. <laughs> you should know how much money you have today. Uh, and just look at your balances. It doesn't have to be completely accurate, just close. That there, there are three things where close counts. Horseshoes, hand grenades, and investing. <laughs> All three of those things, close counts. A lot of things you have to be exact. This is not one of them. And uh, so you should be able to relax over that. So if you have an idea of how much money you have, and the next thing you need to know is how much money would it take to maintain your lifestyle? And that one, you're going to have to put some thought into probably sit down. If you're married, you want to talk with your spouse and try to figure out how much money you think it would take for you realistically to be able to live on. Now I'm thinking, as I say this, I was talking to a person who I know is a multimillionaire and also know uh, when I, he had this question and I said, well, how much do you think you can get by on? And he said, oh, five or 6,000 a month. And I go, in whose world? In whose world could you literally get by on that little? Okay, not that much because five or 6,000, it, it's probably less than a third. I know it's less than a third of what he's spending. I mean, just looking at, the car he drives, uh, understanding the, the business that he's in. And that's not unusual. It's, it's not unusual. And, uh, and it's a shock. And I feel like, oh, I don't, I, 
I felt like I was called into this industry because I have to give so many people uh, a wake-up call. <laughs> okay, so if you think you could get by on 5000 a month and you're spending about fifteen now, okay, that, yes, that's a lot. 15 easy, um, easily 15. So that's going to be, I mean, you, you got to think about that. That That's rough. Okay. And uh, so if you're spending about $15,000 a month, that's $180,000 a year after your taxes. Okay. Uh, you're going to have to have to, to spend 180000 Oh, after taxes, let's just... I'm not even going to do the math. I'm going to say you're going to have to have an income that's probably somewhere 350, uh, 400,000, somewhere in that neighborhood. So if you had 10 million bucks and you were taking out 4%, that's 400,000. There you go. You have $10 million. And, and I'm telling you, um, I didn't get that far in this conversation. He got called out into a meeting and, uh, but I was, and I was actually thankful <laughs> that I didn't have to break it to him that, that yeah, you're going to need to have about $10 million and maybe he's got it. I don't know. You know, maybe he's got them. He could absolutely could. Cause uh, I know he's in his lifetime, he's made enough money. Uh, but those are the conversations uh, that are just make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, they're making me uncomfortable because I'm the one that has to break it to someone that, yeah, this is not a, um, not going to be easy. And uh, for the vast majority of people, I think the average household income somewhere around 70000 That's with two people working. And uh, I, I, actually, that's the, I think that's the median. It might be the average. There's a difference between an average and a median. The median is the number that's right smack in the middle. I think that one's actually closer to $55,000 for uh, per household. So, And most households' wives work now. The, the vast majority of them. So there's basically two incomes coming in there. Uh, sometimes the, the male's got a part-time job and takes care of the kids. And sometimes it, it you know that falls on a female. But anyway, if you're looking at an average household income, it's a little over 70,000, a little over 75,000, uh, or 70,000 rather. So if you take 70,000, uh, 70,000 is a... Uh, Four percent of what? You have to multiply that by twenty-five. And I don't have my calculator here. <laughs> I should have done this already. But uh, anyway, it, it's a lot of money. I mean, you're, you're talking about you know, just let's see, if it were eighty thousand four percent, the uh, yeah, you need about two million bucks at four percent to generate eighty thousand dollars. So you're, you're talking about one point seven five million to generate that type of pre-tax income. In retirement, that that's that's a lot of money. Now, here's where the savior comes in. If you were if you're making that kind of money in retirement, Social Security is probably going to be about a third of that. So that's going to knock that number down fairly significantly. But still, I mean, for an average household, okay, to be able to maintain a lifestyle of of a household income of around seventy thousand dollars, okay. Getting a normal amount of Social Security in retirement, you're going to have to have, you know, close to a million bucks and at least, you know, six or seven hundred thousand minimally. And that's a it's just a lot. And they need to start teaching this in the seventh grade because 
by the way, by the time a kid's in seventh grade, they're probably bored with this math because it's just percentages. You know, it's literally just percentages. And uh, um, so if you're in that position or you're getting closer and you want to, you know, you want to do a little bit of retirement planning, you know, feel free to, to give me a call. We can, we can, I can actually do it over the phone. I don't, you don't even have to come in the office because I've been, I've just been doing it for so long. It's just not as hard. Um, I used to use a 5% withdrawal rate, but then interest rates went down to near zero. And it's tough when you were counting on 40% of the money averaging somewhere around 4 or 5%, which is back where it is now, by the way. But if you were retiring in the past five years and interest rates were down around you know three quarters of a percent on a CD, that made it significantly more difficult significantly more difficult and i think if if you're looking around now uh you want to you still want to keep your bonds relatively short thankfully the short-term bonds uh yields are going up and because they're short-term if it's in a fund the bonds are maturing and the new bonds that they're being replaced with are paying significantly higher interest rates than the ones that are maturing so that's good and when you look at a bond fund, you don't want a maturity or they, they like to use the term duration. I'm not going to bother explaining that right now. You can Google it if you'd like to, but you don't want a duration of much more than one and a half to two years. That would be the max. Okay. And that's what we do uh, with the portfolios that, that we're running. We're trying to keep them relatively short term. Shorter term bonds don't drop like long term bonds do when interest rates go up and uh, my computer just went to sleep on me. Thank you very much, computer. <laughs> but, uh, oh, here we go. It woke up. Thank goodness. So here's what I'm talking about. There's an, uh, an exchange traded fund that holds 20 year treasury bonds, 20 year treasury bonds. The fund peaked in 2020 Okay, that's where the fund peaked. And these are all 20-year treasury bonds uh, or longer. They can go longer. That fund is down now. Now, these are all these are treasury bonds. The treasury bond fund is down 46%. Think about that, 46%. And because it's in a fund, the chances of it coming back are pretty remote. When interest rates go up, bond prices go down. And the longer the maturity, the more they're going to go down by. So that one's down 46% from its peak back in 2020. Now let's look at some other shorter ones. And that's just an index, by the way. Here's another index. These are all super short-term maturities. Super short-term. They're less than two years. Well, that one's only down. It's still down, but it's only down 6.7. I don't know. Would you rather be down 43 or would you rather be down six? And incidentally, just so you know, oh, the S&P 500 over that time period is, is still slightly positive, which is pretty good, even though it's down a lot in, in the past 12 months. I hear the music. I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. And it's lasting all week long Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's 
in the old Dracula movies starring Bela Lugosi, all you had to do was show the cross and the vampire would slink away. Well, we still have that cross. Only this time that cross represents the truth. We have truth on our side. Truth, common sense, and the belief in what's right. Use the truth to win those arguments. And stay tuned to this station to find out what's real, what's true, and who's telling the lies. That's why we exist. AM 1420, The Answer. And Odyssey. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook. Vacation Fixation. The Cleveland Grays Armory is pleased to announce that they will be hosting their second annual historic tea on Sunday, October the 23rd. This event will feature a presentation by jewelry historian Dr. Marie Halkovich entitled Glitz and Glamour in the White House, featuring the jewelry and fashion of the Ohio Presidential First Ladies, offering a glimpse of Ohio's fashion and influence in the White House. Tickets are $45, and there will be tea, light fare, lecture, raffles, and more. To get your tickets, go to 2022 Gray's Armory Historic Tea.Eventbrite.com. That's 2022 Gray's Armory Historic Tea.Eventbrite.com. And you can also get more information at Gray's Armory.org. Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. back hey this is bill bullington if you hear something you'd like more information on feel free to go to my website it's bullingtoncapital.com there's a contact us page there i'll get back to you as quickly as i can and uh let's see yeah if you have any questions regarding any of this stuff so my focus in uh, my business is really to try to help people accumulate enough money to be able to retire one day in the best fashion that they can and the reason I say the best fashion that they can is that, you know, a lot of people weren't told about a lot of this stuff, especially if you're 10 years older than I am, and I'm going to be 60, by the way, 
in February, which I can't believe. <laughs> it's very difficult to believe. I never thought I'd make it this far, but here I am. And if, if you're about 10 years older than I am, you didn't get to hear any of this stuff. You were on the, the tail end of, you know, when people start to say, yeah, I don't want to keep up with learning all the new technology. <laughs> uh, right as the uh, internet really took off and Facebook's and thing. Now, I know a lot of people in their, in their 70s are still super sharp and are very good at technology. So it's not everybody. But don't you get tired? I mean, I'm tired. I'm not, I'm not even 60 yet. I'm tired of keeping up. I mean, it's, it, it's a lot. So anyway, just so that you guys know, um, I try to break this down, try to keep it as simple as humanly possible. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot of math or a lot of, uh, um, definitions that you have to know. But the bottom line is you need to have some of your money in something relatively safe, which, you know, CDs, treasuries, short-term bonds, fixed indexed annuities, as you get older, that should make up a larger portion of the amount of assets that you have. And that's going to depend on two things. First of all, it's going to depend on your risk tolerance. Some people just can't stand risk at all. And some people are very, are good with risk. They don't mind taking it. Those are the people that actually have, that there are two sets of problems there. The people that don't want to take any risk will be stuck with very low returns. So you'd better have saved up an awful lot of money. Or you better have a big pension from the company that you worked for, the government agency. Uh, most companies don't have pensions anymore. So if you're not, if you have a low risk tolerance, what that means is you have to save a whole lot more. If you have a higher risk tolerance, you got to be careful. You don't want to be taking too many risks because of the timing. As you get older, your life expectancy gets shorter each year. And that could be a problem uh, when you're investing mostly in stocks and taking out more than 4%. Because if you get a big correction, uh, your money may never make it back again because you're spending money as it goes down. What is a simple uh, kind of a rule of thumb? Well, here, here's a rule of thumb for you. Take whatever you're going to be spending over the next five years, five years, and put it into something super safe, something that you can get your hands on. Right now, treasuries and CDs are pretty good. Short-term bond funds that you got to look really closely, by the way, find out what they're doing. Um, and those those are fine. Uh, the uh, um, Anything that you can kind of get your hands on, now the interest rates are starting to come back up on those a little bit. So that's going to help you out a lot. But I would keep five years worth of distributions, what you might have to take out if you were just living uh, even, where you weren't taking a lot of trips, uh, you weren't going into debt, um, but you're just paying your basic living expenses. You want to have about five years worth of that in something that's relatively safe. Now, when you're putting an income strategy together, don't be panicking if you guys, I know there's a, a guy on another radio station that sells an awful lot of annuities around here and a lot of people have them, okay? If you're taking income from those annuities, that's your income. You don't have to worry about that. Don't, don't worry about that. If you have an option to take income on the annuity, you might want to take a look into that to see what that's going to be. More often than not, it's going to have a higher guarantee than what you might get in traditional investments like CDs or treasuries or 
corporate bonds. Um, so every everybody's situation is just a little bit different, but realistically, add up all your sources of income together, figure out what the, you know, if you got social security, pension, um, that kind of stuff, add everything up together, find out what you need to finance the gap with. If there is a gap, I have people who literally save money on their social security checks every month. They, they don't spend as much as they get from social security. So that's pretty good. That they're, they're in a very good place. And, uh, and you know what? They like their lives. You would never know. And, uh, actually a lot of them have more than a million bucks and they live on less. That's actually one of the reasons they have more than a million bucks. They live on less than their social security. And I can hear so many people saying, no, I don't want to do that. Oh gosh. You know, that would be a horrible lifestyle. No, actually they, they live pretty nicely and, uh, and they enjoy their lives. So that's, that's pretty cool. And, uh, everybody's different though. You know, so if you want to spend a little bit more than that, don't wait until you get to retirement to start planning on it. You know, that, that it, it, by that point in time, the game is over. If you want to spend more than your social security, you need to figure out what that is. It's really easy to adjust, by the way. Let, let, let's see you're 20 years from uh, retirement. At the current inflation rate, you'd probably need 150% of what you're currently spending. Okay. That the longer term average is somewhere between four and 5% a year, which over a 20 year period will be up somewhere around 80 to hundred percent. So let's say you said I could spend, I could live comfortably on 70,000 a year, uh, after taxes. Okay. So you're figuring you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. You're not going to have to pay social security on that kind of stuff. Um, because it's investment income. Uh, if you're working, um, you're going to be paying into social security. Your social security payment will actually go up. So but anyway, add up all the assets that you have, add up the sources of income that you have, take out 4% from the assets you have, add those two together. Can you live on that? You know, if you can't live on that, um, what most people do is they come to me and say, well, you need to make me more money. <laughs> and they think that's reasonable. Like I can demand <laughs> that the market give them higher returns. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the old magic wand. And uh, I, I, you know, I know I wear glasses now, but I still don't look like Harry Potter. The, uh, I, I'm probably not going to be able to help a lot of people out on that. If, if you need to take out much more than four or five percent, you're going to take an enormous amount of risk. That's one of the reasons that the fixed index annuities are so popular, because they will guarantee incomes that are fairly substantially higher than that rate. And that rate is right now. Okay. Um, there are some other products there, by the way, there, there are investment only annuities also. And I know if, if you've invested in one in the past couple of years, probably not real happy because the stock market's down a lot. It was down a lot in 2020. It's down a lot now in 2022, it peaked in 2021. You've got these periods. Actually, if you go from 2018, okay. From where it, it took a little drop there right around January. Uh, it's only up about 30% over that time period. That's five years. You know, that's, well, it's almost five years, it's four years. The, uh, cause it happened like the high was, I think it was in December of 2017. So you're coming up on almost five years. It's a little over four years and to only be up, uh, 29% over that time period. That's assuming that you had to pay nothing. Okay. That you just left it 
staying in there and you got to watch it fluctuate all over the place. So that that's not a whole lot of return for that length of time. And that's why a four or five percent rate of, of return uh, is pretty large now <laughs> because you're what you're comparing it to is uh, there's not that much. I mean, the, the average annual return over that's probably somewhere around six percent a year if it was compounded. And, you know, again, you know, four comes pretty close to that. If you were taking money out, if you turned on the income from one of the annuities that uh, fixed index annuities, they they're looking at your life expectancy and they're doing it kind of like a reverse mortgage where they uh, uh, presume that they're going to pay out a certain amount of the principal plus interest. It's like a reverse mortgage. Instead of you paying uh, them, they're paying you. You give them the money up front. They make payments over your life expectancy. Uh, you get to keep that income, spend it any way you want. Uh, many of the, pr the products that I like to use, if you were to die before they paid back what you've invested there's a benefit there that they would actually kick it in and bring it up and give your beneficiaries the full amount of what you've invested minus what you've taken out. Okay. So even if the market dropped 50% and they had to come out of their pockets, by the way, insurance companies do, they have to do that occasionally. Um, but just like the, you know, I hate to compare this to gambling, but the math is almost the same. The, the mathematicians that work for the casinos are very similar to the mathematicians that work for insurance companies. They're trying to figure out how much we can pay. You know, what can we do? What can we, if nobody ever paid out at, at Vegas, you know, it would look like, Oh, the Sahara, <laughs> nobody would be there. <laughs> if they have to pay a certain amount out, they know they have to pay money out to attract other people to come back. And the, uh, and that's, one of the reasons they can have pay all those light bills there. Can you imagine what the electricity bill must be up and down the strip on <laughs> in Las Vegas? I haven't been there in years, by the way. So um, maybe it's all dark now, but I'm just kidding. Anyway, that's what you, the uh, actuaries in insurance companies are called. And I don't know what they call the odds makers. I don't know what they call the PhDs that work for Vegas, but uh, anyway, it, it's all math and the math is very similar. How much can we afford to pay out on average and how much can we afford if we take a, uh, a management fee or the risk fee that it's paying for the insurance to ensure that we can be there to make those payments. And uh, so they'll, you can go to websites if you want to go to a couple that I can send you to, to see what kind of income you might be able to generate from something like that. That it's a great plan. I have it in mind. I, I know exactly what I'm going to be able to draw out of there um, 10 years from now. And it's a beautiful thing. So I don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay, that's going to be a source of income for me. And I'm going to add 4% of, of my savings each year. So the 4%, by the way, is, is what you start out at. Uh, and we basically plan on increasing that over time to try to keep up with inflation. So it may be 4% when you start out, but it could go higher. And uh, essentially we're doing the same thing the actuaries are doing on pensions. We're saying, hey, we think that based on this dollar amount and a 4% and a certain amount of increase each year, we should be able to pay out this much over your lifetime. That's what we're doing. 
um, you're being your own actuary in that case or relying on me and my company and the, the services that we provide. And uh, before I, uh, oh, I need to, somebody who needs to remind me, I need to explain just exactly how Bullington Capital works. I had somebody, I just thought everybody knew. Uh, we're an investment uh, advisory firm and we're registered with FINRA uh, the uh, in the state of Ohio's Department of Securities. Uh, eventually that's going to push up over to the SEC, but uh, that'll be down the road a little bit. Anyway, we are obligated to work in your best interests. And the custodians that I work with uh, are some of the largest financial firms in the world. They also offer lower uh, pricing on a lot of the services that they offer. That's why I chose them. And when I go through my uh, uh, compliance stuff with my office, the people that do the administration in my office, we have to check that. We have to check what everybody's charging. Uh, are you getting a good deal? And bottom line is I'm, I shop for the best deal that I can for, for my clients. And when you compare what we're doing to what a lot of other firms do, I'm just going, wow. You know, the uh, we are nowhere near <laughs> the most expensive. I've always said, uh, now I know better than I have in the past. We're like a, uh, oh, the service that we try to provide is like the Ritz-Carlton service. But we're doing it at Hampton Inn prices. <laughs> we're not the cheapest. I'm not a, you know, I've seen, I've, when I was younger, when I was in college, I stayed in some pretty crappy hotels. <laughs> All we cared about was the price and can we lay down, you know, we're taking a road trip. But uh, today I'd like to be comfortable. <laughs> I don't want to have to worry about bugs in my bed and that kind of thing. So uh, if you're going to get a nicer place, one that you think you can relax in, probably won't be the cheapest, but I'm not staying at the Ritz either. I, it, there's no way. <laughs> I have stayed there more than once and I've always regretted it. Yeah, so uh, it hasn't been a very long time. It is super nice. I mean, they wait on you hand and foot. It, it was mind boggling. I it actually made me a little nervous, but I hear the music. I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. 
Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Plumbing for Women. The title of that course would probably ruffle feathers today, and understandably so. But back when I taught it, everyone loved it, especially the students. Those women really wanted to know how plumbing worked, and they felt empowered by being able to work on their own plumbing. In the final exam, students made a modern art-looking sculpture from copper pipe and fittings. Each joint had to be properly soldered. Then we'd hook that sculpture up to a garden hose, and we'd pressure test it for leaks. It always worked perfectly. I still have some of those sculptures hanging around my office and home. I've always loved plumbing, and it's one of the great joys of my life to spread that passion to others, including our employees at Wyatt Works. Because I believe you deserve a plumber who loves his work and treats it like a calling, not just a job. Not only will you do better work, but you're going to be a whole lot happier having him in your home. And, quite frankly, that's the secret behind the Wallach-a-Doodle experience. Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number 30185. No doubt about it, we're spending more time at home, which is the perfect time to make it more functional and beautiful. Hi, Ed Flash Ferrance here for Artistic Renovations, Northeast Ohio's premier and award-winning remodeler. Artistic did a fantastic job with our kitchen in 2016, and last year, they were back for the master bath. Oh, my word. Do yourself a favor and go to ArtisticReno.com. Believe me, you'll love their ideas and without question, the finished product. For a virtual consultation, call 216-520-0838 or visit Artistic Reno.com. Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on the spot pricing 440 243 5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. The Cleveland Grays Armory is pleased to announce that they will be hosting their second annual Historic Tea on Sunday, October the 23rd. This event will feature a presentation by jewelry historian Dr. Marie Halkovich entitled Glitz and Glamour in the White House, featuring the jewelry and fashion of the Ohio Presidential First Ladies, offering a glimpse of Ohio's fashion and influence in the White House. Tickets are $45 and there will be tea, light fare, lecture, raffles, and more. To get your tickets, go to 2022 Gray's Armory Historic Tea.Eventbrite.com. That's 2022 Gray's Armory Historic Tea.Eventbrite.com. And you can also get more information at Gray's Armory.org. Thinking to myself, made a list of all my mistakes Oh, I wish I could have run to you And tell you all about my heartbreak And I wondered to myself, wait a minute, am I even on the right path now? Had a couple wins, but I got knocked down But I know that you are here right now, and you say Sometimes you lose, sometimes you win Ooh, you gotta get up, up again Gotta listen to that song sometime, all the way through. Could there be a better song to lead into somebody who talks a lot about stocks? (laughs) 
Yeah, you'll know what I mean if you watch them closely. And I wouldn't recommend that unless you're very young. <laughs> when you start watching stocks, and I, and I used to uh, do the momentum trading, and uh, I don't do a whole lot of that anymore. And I've gotten a lot more like Warren Buffett as I get older, uh, buying some higher quality stocks and just hanging on to them. I have a, whole, a wide variety of funds that are all structured slightly differently because you need diversification. Uh, well, I've I feel like you need diversification to be able to match returns on S and P 500. If you can match the returns, even come within 10% of it and cut down on the amount of risk that you have to take. That's a big task. That's a huge task. And, and most professional money managers don't reach that goal, but uh, it's not that you shouldn't stop trying. You should always try, but uh, that that's basically what, what we try to do. And there are certain things that, that do matter in the long run. Uh, size and speed are two that have a big impact. Uh, the third most important, I think, would, is actually going to be profitability of companies. So most of the funds that we use are looking at those things when we include them in there. The fixed income, I want to know how much income I need to generate in, uh, from my whole portfolio, and, and that's going to determine, a, well, It'll be one of the determining factors in how much money I keep in fixed income. We like to keep at least four or five years worth of withdrawals in short-term fixed income, whether it's a short-term bond fund or you know treasuries or CD, whatever it is. We like to keep four to five years worth of withdrawals there. That way, when the market's going down like it is, you don't have to worry about selling your stocks when they're down. It's one of the worst things you can do. The, uh, it, when the market's had a real good year and your portfolio is up, we can actually take some of those profits, move it over to the safer side and replenish that, that side. Works out really well. You don't have to know any really fancy methodologies for that. By the way, you just look at your overall allocation. And, and here's what I've talked about from the very beginning. I, I was so frustrated when I worked for some of the bigger firms that they made you fill out these questionnaires, nobody understood the questions, nobody understood the answers and, but they do it because, you know, it's the law and that's their interpretation of the law. Well, here's my interpretation. Okay. Imagine your portfolio. Now start imagining it being down by 10%. Why would a portfolio be down by 10, a portfolio be down by 10%? Well, if you're in stocks, you get a 10% correction about every 12 to 18 months. So despite that, by the way, it's been the best performer, despite the fact that it fluctuates a lot. Okay. It's been the best performer of any of the other asset classes. So that's why you hang on to it, but you don't want to put so much money into it that if it were to drop by 50%, which it's done multiple times during my lifetime, the fact that I'm only 60 and the fact that it's done it multiple times during my lifetime. Do I need to repeat that like 10 times? <laughs> so the, the chances, if, if you're under the age of 80, the chances of you living through another one of those time periods are pretty high. They're pretty high. And uh, I, I can't tell you how many of my friends, my advisors, buddies are like, oh, that doesn't happen that often. Uh, did you ever see long-term chart? <laughs> Did you ever study that at all? Yeah. Uh, and, and I know, you know, they, nobody likes to deal with it. And, but hiding from it is not a good strategy as, as far as I'm concerned or ignoring that the fact that it's there. 
Now, people are, are you surprised by this decline? No. Oh, what? No, I'm not surprised at all. The uh, I'm surprised by worldwide events that are occurring right now, but I'm not surprised about the market's reaction to them. And by the way, the market's like, you know, um, manic depressive. And I think it was uh, Ben Graham that wrote about that. Ben Graham, by the way, was a uh, college professor and a uh, money manager. And he was the guy that uh, taught Warren Buffett a lot of what he knows about investing in stocks and Warren Buffett actually worked for him for a while on the funds that he ran. And uh, so he was the one that really kind of opened my eyes to that. He'd written a lot of books that are, you know, completely out of favor now. (laughs) I'm not even sure you'd have to back order them. I'm sure there are a bunch of uh, other copies on there, but bottom line is this is as old as time. Stocks are all, they've always been volatile. They're always going to be volatile. Why? Because there's money and emotions involved. When you get money and emotions, for some people, those are the same thing. (laughs) But when you get money and emotions, you're going to get some volatility. That's just the nature of the beast. It just happens. Uh, The other thing that, that happens is that over time, the reason that stocks have a tendency to rise over time is because countries all over the world, now they uh, this past 100 years or so has really brought this concept home to many, many, many countries uh, around the world. Uh, you can basically print more money, circulate that money. If you do it relatively carefully, then you don't get massive inflation. You're going to get some inflation. That's just going to happen. It's kind of like flying across the country. You know you're going to hit some rough air across the country. But you don't want to turn yourself and head right into the middle of a tornado, especially one that you can see coming. <laughs> that that bad idea. Okay, so it, I mean, you could probably still make it. Most of the airplanes are still going to make it through a tornado, even though they flew right through it. Okay, but not the smartest thing to do, just in case. And uh, that's the same thing with with money. If you print money too fast, you're going to create an enormous number of problems. And that's what we're kind of struggling with right now. Um, it's not so much the the Fed. Um, the Fed's actually tr- trying to put curtail it, but there's been an awful lot of spending. And, uh, you know, that's what governments do, by the way. And it doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. They both spend like crazy. <laughs> I mean, surprise, surprise, surprise. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, you know what? I'll tell you what, I got a $25 gift card to anybody who email the first person that emails me with the voice that, that, that was on that, that clip. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember that was hilarious. Good show. Those were, those were great days. The, uh, television programming was, was, it was really funny. I think, you know, back in the sixties and seventies, sixties, I was actually too young, but I watched the reruns in the seventies and, um, uh, so sorry to get so off topic, but you know, you can only talk about money and investing for so long and then your mind just starts to wander <laughs> and, uh, and I get it. You're coming up on it. I, I'm not, I really don't mean to make fun. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people are super concerned about this. I'm super concerned about it. Um, there's only so much you can do. And if you're doing everything you can, you need to feel good about that. Most people aren't quite frankly, the average person's not going to be able to retire and maintain their lifestyle into retirement. The above average people will, and there are a bunch of those out there. 
And uh, investing is can be very complicated when you start looking at the various types of fixed income investments out there. Holy cow. I, I think I spent three hours today learning the, uh, I know I spent three hours just learning some new particulars that came out, some changes that came out on one of the annuities that I've been dealing with for a very long time period. And now they're going to change it. And uh, I, I'm used to it. Uh, I was hoping it wouldn't come this quickly, but the, uh, there are changes and they're pretty good ones. I like it. I mean, I like it a lot. There's the, uh, there are investment only annuities now, which are, are gaining in popularity. The investment only, most annuities, by the way, have a fairly significant penalty. If you pull all the money out before a, uh, time period, eight or nine years, most of the time, uh, it's not the end of the world, but if you can avoid the penalty, you would like to. Now they're coming out with some products who don't pay quite as much, but you can take all the money out without a penalty. Now you will lose the, oftentimes you're going to lose other guarantees that you have if you do that. So you got to be very careful when you're considering moving or taking all the money out of an annuity. You got to be really careful. We do a, a, a service. If you have annuities that you have questions on, I'll tell you, we can look them up and tell you how much it would cost, how much it would cost to stay, the, uh, show you the, the difference between leaving and, and staying, and then you get to make the decision. And basically how I run my whole practice, I run my business the way that I would like to be treated. I just want you to tell me, what am I up against? What, what are my options? What are the, the, the negatives? Because nothing's all positive, and uh, what are the positives? Okay, and I figure if if somebody's being upfront and frank, uh, then I can make my own decision, you know. And that's basically how I run my practice. So you tell me what you're trying to do. By the way, uh, I get an awful lot of people who will call in and will try to get me to. They try to manipulate me into telling them what they want to hear. <laughs> Yeah, that ain't happening either. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I'm, the, I'm the guy you want to come to when you want to know how it is, <laughs> not how you think you would like it to be. Because some, you know, there's a lot of some people out there will listen and they're pretty slick and, and they'll just tell you what you want to hear and sign you up. And then that's the last you'll ever see of them. Well, I have to see my clients all the time <laughs> and I do a radio program consistently. I have a newsletter that I send out every other week. And uh, so I'm constantly reaching out and I make phone calls, um, sending direct emails directly. So we're there and we're there to help. I do get a lot of questions from stuff that, that don't belong to us, by the way, when you have tax questions, uh, having had to have a kind of my uh, personal taxes are pretty complicated. So, I've been using a firm for years and, and I can tell you that even if they're not all that complicated, you probably want to have a, a good tax professional on hand. Uh, if you don't, I have a, a guy who's an enrolled agent that I send clients to, to answer questions that they might have that I can't answer or don't know the answer to. And I, most of the time we're not even, we're not allowed to answer most of the questions and it frustrates people and I get it. You know, I have a, uh, um, an unassuming voice, I guess I would say. And so I get a lot of people asking me to do a whole lot of things, hopeful that I could be able to do that. And, and it's hard. It's hard to say, well, we're not allowed. 
you know, I, I just can't. And because uh, you're upsetting them, but they don't understand. Taxes are a vocation. <laughs> That's what people do. And if somebody did had another job on the side of the, oh, I'm a tax preparer, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I run a, uh, I don't know, I run a small business on the side. No, sorry, see ya. If you're not devoted to taxes, I, I forgot how many pages there are, but I know there are over 10,000 pages in Internal Revenue Code. Over 10,000. Even if you're full-time, keeping up with that is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> so when you have uh, tax issues, I can point you to a guy who is a tax expert. He's, I have him on uh, retainer so that I can call and ask him when I hear something that I haven't heard before. But more often than not, you know, if I know the answer, I will tell you, listen, here's what I think it is, but you have to talk to your tax preparer. You have to. We're not, I don't stand behind any tax advice that I give. We're not allowed to. The, uh, and every time I start thinking, well, you know, maybe I should just take the, uh, the courses and get started on that. I, I get about a hundred pages into the, uh, the first course and I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just going to stick it out with my tax people in, uh, let them answer all the hard questions and keep up with all the, the gazillions of little details that would jump up in, you know, if, if there's a mistake to be made, I, my luck is so bad. I would, I would make it. I would probably be looking at things right before they changed. And uh, that's just my luck. But the bottom line is in the uh, stock market, it's, it's a different story. It's a different story altogether. And I really, I rarely meet anybody and maybe it's because they're just listening and not calling or they're not just not listening, but I, I really meet people who really spend a lot of time looking at stocks. Um, they think they do and they think that, you know, they're spending a lot of time analyzing, but here's the first two th questions that if you, you want to find out if somebody really spends a lot of time talking, uh, researching stocks. Ask them what the revenues were up or down by in their favorite company last year. What's, first of all, ask them what their favorite company is. Let's say, let's say they say it's Google. Google's not my favorite company, which is why I wouldn't know the answer to this. But if that's their favorite company, well, how much in revenue did they do last year? Uh, <laughs> by the way, if you do this at parties, you're going to be standing by yourself. You will become very unpopular. <laughs> And I'm just telling you, people invest in stuff that they really don't know a lot about. Um, if you don't know how much business a company is actually doing, why are you investing in that stock? How, how could you do that? <laughs> and this is one of the reasons I, I don't hold a ton of stocks. I don't want to have to remember all that crap. <laughs> Not only is it difficult, it's constantly changing. And, uh, and I can, by the way, I can tell you what the profit margins are of every company I hold that, that for, for me, for some reason, that's a much easier number to remember. And my favorite stocks, profit margins are net 15% uh, average, not that every year, sometimes they're higher, sometimes they're lower, but it's right around 15% a year after all expenses and taxes. Now that's huge. That's actually huge. Most people don't, uh, well, I don't know what most people think anymore, but Back when I used to ask them about that, they were, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. Well, it's a lot when it's on a few hundred million dollars, you know, or actually in this case, it's grown to the size of like two and a half billion. If you're making 15% profit after your taxes on $2 billion, and that's not a lot. 
<laughs> I think it is. So, uh, and it is. It, it, it's a lot. By the way, the S&P 500's long-term average is between 10 and 15%. Think about that for a second. That's 500 massive companies. And their average profit margins, net after all their fees and all their expenses and all their taxes, between 10 and 15%. That is mind-boggling. They could, they could be that big and that profitable. That's one of the reasons that index does so well. I hear the music. That means my show is over. If you heard something you'd like more information on, feel free to call me, 330-664-0700. Go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.